Well, let's talk about divorce. Not a very uplifting topic, but an important topic, especially for those that are impacted by it. Today is part one of two of my chat with Amy Colton, a divorce-focused specialist financial planner in Texas. In this, the 54th episode of the Retirement Planning Education Podcast. Welcome to the Retirement Planning Education Podcast, where you can learn all about IRAs and Roth IRAs, employer retirement plans, taxes, social security, Medicare, portfolio withdrawal strategies, annuities, estate planning, and much more. And now here's your host, Andy Panko. Hello again, everybody. Thank you as always for listening to Retirement Planning Education. Today, we have part one of two of my previously recorded chat with Amy Colton from Your Divorce Made Simple down in Texas. Amy is a divorce-focused financial planner, helping people uh, going through divorce or considering divorce to to do the you know the the financial planning necessary around how best to prepare and um, you know make those decisions, financial decisions around going through or entering divorce. This was a, a chat Amy and I had in my Facebook group uh, from November 2021. She joined me through uh, for a live video where she talked all about the divorce considerations to keep in mind for financial planning. We uh, talked about some of the things as it relates to people in or near retirement. Uh, and she did uh, a lot of great live Q&A from, from people in the group, you know, uh, live at the time when, when we recorded it. So today is just part one of two of that audio from that previous recording. Uh, the, the whole thing was about an hour originally, so I split it up in half. This episode 54 will be the first half of that audio. Next week's episode, the last one of the year, last one of 2022, will be part two of that audio, uh, again, with, with Amy Colton. So it's, it's this divorcing uh, clearly isn't a fun or exciting topic, but it's a very important topic and it's practical. And I forget the exact statistics, but something like roughly half of marriages end in divorce as it relates to retirement, there's something called gray divorce, which I think is people over 50 or maybe over 60, uh, divorcing, but the, within the various age demographics, those in the gray divorce category, I think are the, have the highest rates of new divorce or something along those lines. But you know, whatever it is, the trend is people, uh, in the later stages of life are divorcing more or faster than those in other ages, which, which isn't a rosy statistic. But point is, it, it, it's important to know, especially in a, a podcast like this that is focused on retirement, retirement planning, uh, divorce might be inevitable for, for some folks. So hopefully the information that Amy shared that I'm sharing here today will be of benefit and value to you if you find yourself uh, in or eventually going through the um, you know divorce transition of, of, of your life. So again, Amy Colton is a, a financial planner down in Texas. Her firm name is Your Divorce Made Simple, which is yourdivorcemadesimple.com uh, if you want to find out more about her. But otherwise, we also talk about that stuff in, uh, in the, the recording that, that you'll hear that you'll hear here soon. So hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, I bring you part one of two of my previously recorded chat with Amy Colton. Hello, everyone. Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern can only mean taxes in retirement live. I am your host, Andy Panko. Thank you for joining me. Um, as you've noticed, I was away the last couple of weeks, one on vacation and then uh, one at a conference. So I'm sure you are all eagerly awaiting the return of taxes in retirement live. And we got a great one for you. Drum roll, please. Special guest, Amy Colton, founder of Your Divorce Made Simple. Hey, Amy. Hi there. 
Thank you for joining. Super excited for this. Uh, you know, not necessarily a topic people look forward to, but we're going to be discussing <laughs> financial planning around divorce and how things are different or unique or what you need to pay attention to uh, with, with divorce planning. So thank you for joining. Um, before we get into it, let me just a bit of housekeeping here. So as always, this video is only general explanations and education. It is not specific tax, legal, investment advice. Before considering acting on anything you see in this video, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor, which neither Amy nor myself are. We are just two people here this evening uh, talking about the, the uh, delicious topic of divorce-related financial planning. Right. And Amy, before um, we, we formally get into it, I got this little bit I do with dad jokes. I did not tell them to you ahead of time because I want to see your reaction and how painful this is. <laughs> All right. So I just spent $100 on a belt that doesn't fit. Huge waste. You know what I'm saying? Huge waste. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you just got it. Okay, good. You got good. it. It's low. Yeah, it, it took a while. It was a good one, though. That's how you know it's good. Uh, a man walks into the doctor's office, all panicked, says, doctor, I'm shrinking. The doctor replies, well, you're just going to have to learn to be a little patient. Oh, right? bad, bad, yeah. bad. And finally, this one I say for last because it's kind of divorce related. Uh, my wife just broke up with me for being too un-American. But honestly, I saw it coming from a kilometer away. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I actually, I'm in the camp that I think we should be on the metric system. Now, I know that makes me un-American, but it's just so logical and more sensible than the, you know, hodgepodge of crazy measurements we have. Anyway. All right. Um, so, Amy, again, you are the founder of Your Divorce Made Simple. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, kind of how you got into it, and, and we'll go from there? So, um, first and foremost, I'm a financial advisor. But a number of years ago, at five, I guess, to be almost exact, I decided I really wanted to work with um, women going through major life transitions. And the probably the biggest major life transition is divorce. Mm -hmm. um, the second one is widowhood. Um, and I do have a couple clients who are widows. But, but um, I started doing divorce um, because um, it is a very emotional time for a lot of people. And um, I, I didn't, I didn't realize how important it, 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 it is to use a financial advisor during the divorce process. And what happened for me um, is there was an attorney, a local attorney who decided that divorce was too stressful for her. And she said to her clients, listen, if you can work things out with Amy, then you can come back to me and I'll file the paperwork. And when I started doing that, I started, I worked with a number of clients and I realized that um, by sitting down with them and talking about what each party wanted, uh, and sometimes I work with a couple and sometimes I just ended up working with one individual as usually the wife, not always, but it was uh, mostly the wife. And I found that I could do two things. I could save them a lot of time and I could save them um, a, a lot of money by not using an attorney. Um, and so, and then I would have her just draw up the paperwork and that, and I just, I learned a lot in that process from my clients. In fact, one of the things that I've learned in the last five years, cause I've been doing this five years now is that there are no two divorces that are alike. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that 
and, and everybody's journey is a little different. Um, and so, um, so that was the first thing I learned is that I could do this quicker and uh, I could do it less costly because, um, you know, one of the things as a financial advisor, I charge a flat fee for the service okay. and the attorney five charges an hourly fee. And if you think about it, if you hire an attorney, your husband's going to go hire an attorney. And now there are four people involved in scheduling and communicating. And and your priorities are not the attorney's priorities. And so if you just think about it from that standpoint, it takes longer and it takes more and it and it takes more money because every time you have to have a conversation, you have to go through the attorneys. Right. So, so you were already in a financial advisor slash planner, and then it was five years ago when you started this divorce focused, um, uh, you know, offering. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. And so the first thing I did is I got my certification in divorce, which is the CDFA Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Okay. And then I decided um, what what happens and is that a lot of times you sit down and you start negotiating with both parties. You know, you find out what's important to each party and you try to come to an agreement. And really that's what the mediation process does. So I went ahead and I got my certification in mediation and then I got it in family law mediation so that I could combine the financial planning process with the mediation process. Right. So, so you are a divorce mediator and also a, a divorce focused financial advisor slash planner, right? So kind of right. best of both worlds. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And, and the other thing is that I realized in this, in this journey is that really most people think when they're contemplating divorce, that they need to hire an attorney and they can do that, but that's going to be the most timely and most expensive route to go. So what I try to do in my process is do as much of the negotiations and the much of the financial planning uh, up front and then bring in an attorney. And right. sometimes I do it with the couple. If the couple's willing to come to the table, I call it the kitchen table divorce. We sit down, we talk about what's, what's fair, what what's important to each party and try to come up with a, a plan. Um, to me, when you're talking about division of assets, you're doing financial planning and what better person to help you with financial planning than a financial person, right? Not, a, not an attorney, an attorney knows the law. And right. so, you know, in my, in my journey through this process, I've seen some attorneys make some, some, some big mistakes on their client's behalf because they didn't understand the financial aspects. And that's that's the case with a lot, not knocking attorneys by any means, but they know the law. They they often don't know tax implications or even general financial investment, you know, asset concepts. Uh, so so that's a great, interesting point that you raise about that. Yeah. Um, timely related question from Tanya. So people going through divorce may not have used a financial planner before, but don't know you could help with divorce. How do you let them know how you know you are out there for divorce? Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's the biggest kept secret every I mean, I have really, you know, built my business, my mo most of my businesses through referrals. So uh -huh. a, a lot of times I get clients because somebody told them about me, or one of my ex clients told them about me. And most people go, I didn't know people like you existed, you know, right. and so what I'm trying to do, quite honestly, is change that 
Um, because like I say, most people think they need to start with an attorney, but I think you're better off starting with a financial person or a tax person and then bring in the attorney later in the process. And I am going to write a book about this because um, I've got so many stories um, about, about, you know, I, I don't believe that, I don't believe that the attorney is the best guide um, through the process. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'm going to give you, and I've got so many stories. I'm going to give you a story that a couple stories where this really comes to light. So a guy called me in January and he told me that he and his wife are getting divorced. They both have attorneys and they can't agree on the division of assets. So the attorney has scheduled them to go to mediation. Mm-hmm. And in my conversation with him, he also says to me that my wife and I just want to split everything 50-50. So I said to him, why are you going to mediation? Mediation is going to cost you about six grand. It's going to cost you about $6,000 because you have to go with your attorney. You mm-hmm. have to pay you have to pay the mediator. And by the way, you're paying the attorney to sit there and do nothing while the mediator's doing all the work, but the attorney's going to insist he goes or she goes and you got to pay her. So, and, and they charge a minimum of four to eight hours. So if you look at paying two attorneys and a mediator, you're going to end up paying about six grand to do this. And you're not going to get anywhere because you already know you want to split assets 50, 50, and that's all you're going to get out of mediation. The mediator is not going to help you how to split the assets. And then, okay. and the reason they couldn't figure it out is because there were a lot of tax implications in this, in the division of assets, because the guy had a lot of RSUs and stock options. Each one had a different strike price. Mm-hmm. Each one had a different tax implication, whether it went to the husband or the wife. Okay. So there was a lot of complicated tax stuff that they couldn't figure out. The attorneys weren't going to figure out. The mediator wasn't going to figure it out. And they would have spent six grand and gotten nowhere. So fortunately, he he stopped the mediation from happening. He hired me. I brought in a CPA because it was pretty complex tax from mm-hmm. a tax standpoint. And we figured everything out in an hour and a half. But the the point was the attorney wasn't really being bringing in the right resources to help this guy what he what he needed and he was going to be spending money that that he didn't need to spend yeah so so now i assume that this plays out all over the country so you're in texas you're based in austin correct correct um but do you work with people all over the country or are you limited to certain states and what you do no i i work with people all, all all over the country hey i mean some like texas is a community property state mm-hmm. jersey is an equitable distribution state at the end of the day, they're both about what's fair. And really, when you talk about negotiation, you talk about what's important to each of the parties and can we come to an agreement on what's fair? It doesn't, and you know, sometimes even though it's a, at Texas is a community property state, sometimes we, the split is 60-40. I mean, some, it's not always 50-50. Is so it just based on what the parties mutually agree is fair? Is that exactly okay. exactly? And some people are, you know, some people are more generous than others. Some people, mm-hmm. you know, and some people want I want this, and I don't care about anything else. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 you know, I, I work with attorneys, 
I work without attorneys um, and I work with couples and I work with individuals. It really yeah. depends on who's willing to come to the table. I have a client right now that they both started out with attorneys and they own a business together. And so they were fighting over the, how to divide the business. Mm -hmm. And they both realized kind of early on, I mean, she came to me and she hired me and I said, and I said to her, you know, normally I try to do as much without attorneys as possible. But in your case, I think you need to hire an attorney because her husband hired an attorney and he stopped paying her. She wasn't, not only did she part owner of the business, but he, but she was an employee in the business. And so I said, I, I, I really think you need to hire an attorney because of your situation. Yeah. And then they both stopped because they realized they were spending so much money in attorney fees. I said, I said, you know what, let's schedule a mediation. Let's see what we can come up with. Um, uh, to, you know, to, to, uh, to, to see what we can come up with. And when I do mediation is very different than they do the other mediators in town do, because what they do in divorce, they put one party in one room and another party mm -hmm. in another room. The two parties don't see anything. And the mediators go back and forth, go back and forth. And they explain the same thing to the husband. They just explained to the wife, by the way, you're paying for that time because they charge hourly and it's a waste of time and a waste of money. What I do, the process I do, and I call it the kitchen table divorce is I sit the both parties down at the table and we have a conversation. And mm. when I said sit down at the table, we can do it via zoom where we can do it in person. Um, it's hard, we, harder to throw a punch over zoom, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's harder to throw a punch over zoom. It's harder, <laughs> harder to know what other person's in the room too. But, yeah, right. that, but that, but anyways, you can do it. Okay. And um, the, the important thing is that you sit down and you talk about what's fair. And I have found that it doesn't, you can't always do it in one day. That's like yeah. trying, you know, sometimes people need to process this. Sometimes they need, you know, to go home and talk to an attorney or their friends or whoever their support group is. Mm -hmm. And I have found that three or four times coming to, you know, coming back and forth to, to the table to, to discuss things works a lot better. And when I do the mediation, I don't have myself and the couple I, I have, I, I have some, a male. So if I have a male business partner, I'll bring him to the table. So there's two men and two women and nobody feels like two of the women are ganging up on the guy. Right. Okay. Makes sense. So uh, I have a few good questions here, but before we get to that, I just want to know. So, so, so like, when does someone start this process? I, at what stage in the, I don't think my relationship's going to make it with my spouse. Um, you know, how and when do they reach out to you or someone like you? Is it not until you've both decided like, you know, a, a dish was thrown against the wall, you know, it's over. Like, let me go call someone. Or is it, you know, early stages, you kind of see you or someone like you on, on the sly from your spouse. Cause you know, I've had you know? all, so all, every scenario in, in front. So be, even before I started doing this work, the lady came to me because I want to go to, I want to, I, I want to get divorced and I want to know if I can afford it. Like, I had to help okay. with the budget. I help. So I I believe the earlier you 
if you're even thinking about it, the earlier is done. Now I have people come to me and, and I tell them what I do and they may not come back for three, four months because they're not ready. Yeah. Or, you know, so it, it, there, there, I think the earlier you start the process, the better, because I do believe that divorce planning is also financial planning. And so many people have never done financial planning and they, right. I mean, I've told people whether you get divorced or not, you need a financial plan, you sure. know? And so, you know, as we believe in that, um, and it's just now you're taking a little twist on it because now you're talking about what 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 life is going to look like now and what life is going to look like after the divorce. And that's yeah. the other thing, too. Um, I help these people go through the entire process when the divorce is done, the attorney's done. But I'm still working because I need to make sure that when somebody gets assets, they know how to manage it. They're staying within their budget, you know, they're not going to run out of money. I mean, I, I had a, a case I worked on a couple of years ago where the the woman got, the woman had was a stay-at-home mom. And so she hadn't worked in years. And she got a million dollars out of the divorce proceeds. But given her lifestyle, if she continued the lifestyle she had before divorce, that million dollars would be gone pretty quickly. So it was really important to help her manage what she got and live within her means after yeah. the divorce. So that, that that's then kind of general financial planning, right? Yeah. Just so it happens is post-divorce. Okay. Yeah. So I definitely want to get into things that are different, things you have to watch out for, things that are unique to divorce. And I'm sure there's, there's a boatload of them. Um, before that question from Dave Fultz, I'm, I'm sure we've all, or many of us have heard this term, gray divorce, you know, yes. get it, getting divorced in your sixties or whatever the cutoff is when, when you're gray, um, hence the name. I, I believe the baby boom generation has the largest divorce percentage of all the generations or, you know, in, most increasing rate or something along those lines. Any idea, statistics or anecdotal evidence of what, what the reason is for uh, the rise in gray divorce? I only can speak <laughs> only personally. I can speak. Um, I really believe that people have come to the point in their first of all, their kids are grown. Usually, there, the, you know, a lot of times people will stay in a relationship for the kids' sake. Mm-hmm. But when you look at gray divorce, a lot of times the kids are grown. It's not an issue anymore. I think the other thing that happens too is that people are looking. Hey, I've got another 20, 30 years ahead of me, do I want to spend it with this person? I've already (laughs) wasted this many years. You know, I think that's the other part of the equation is they, they don't have to be, there's nothing holding them to stay there anymore. And they're looking at what the rest of my life's going to look like. And I have a, I have a personal friend who's going through that right now. She's, in her 70s and she's and and she doesn't want to be alone i said yeah but do you want to spend the rest of your life with this person because you still got a good 20 30 years yeah right i think that i think that has something to do with it and and dave falls just my own uh sort of you know what i've seen being affiliated with other groups and and things i'm in is the you both have your own life. Now, I guess this sort of ties in with, with growing apart to some extent and, and the kids anchoring you together. But, you know, let's say spouse A has worked and has been out of the house 
long hours for 40 years, spouse B still may work, have, have his or her own life. You don't really see each other a lot. You know, you see each other on the nights, maybe a little bit in the morning on weekends, but you're running around with kids and life and whatever. Um, and then one or both of you retires and it's like, you have all this time together. You may find out like, you know what? It's not that I dislike you, but this doesn't work. Like, you know, I'm used to having my lunch with my friends or my social network or being away at work. Now we're around each other 10, 12 hours a day. And it's just, eh. so that can lead you to not want to spend the rest of, you know, rest of your life with that person, even that that's not the case, you know, from, from the onset. So, um, it's an interesting animal. I wish I knew more and had a better understanding of like the sociological aspects of all this and emotional aspects of retirement and changes in life and things like that. Cause this is a huge part of it. Uh, a lot of factors all coming together, you know, uh, upon retirement, not in a good way necessarily. Okay. Uh, one more question for now. Is there such a thing as divorces for purposes of taxation? The legal way, of course. So I guess like functionally still being married and, and uh, having a relationship with a person, but but legally technically divorcing. That is so funny that you asked the qu- question because I had a friend come to me last week and she said, I'm, she's living with this guy. They know they want to stay. This is kind of the opposite, but it's the same it, it gets to the same point. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's living with a guy. She's been living with him for a while. Um, they, they wanted to know from a tax standpoint, was it better to get married or better to just stay living together because everything right now is separate. So my, my answer to that is you need to do financial planning. <laughs> no, there's right. no like quick answer right, right. to answer that. Um, but but there is a lot of tax issues that do come up during the divorce process. Right. And and, you know, but um, but I, I'm not really sure if I answered that question. Uh, yeah, sort of. And, and I'd sort of say the same. Um, it depends. I mean, I, I guess there are scenarios out there where sure on paper from your pure dollars and cents perspective, maybe it does make sense to, to divorce, just like there are cases where, yeah, it does make sense to marry. Like one thing comes to mind, if nothing else, social security benefits, right? If, if you, you have a, a lifelong uh, partner and you're not married, when you die, your benefits don't live on for that person and vice versa. If you marry, so long as you're married at least 12 months before one of you dies, well, guess what? Now there's this survivor benefit thing. So not that that should cause someone to get married, but that there are instances where there's purely financial or tax reasons to get married or, or divorce. I don't know of any that would prompt divorce off the top of my head, but I guess in theory there are. Yeah. Okay. I can't, I can't think of anything that would prompt divorce from a tax standpoint right how, how you'd be better off by divorcing yeah i don't know uh, okay so generally speaking and, and take this wherever you want to take it but this group is very astute bunch um really sharp about retirement planning investments taxation around iras different investment accounts social security medicare whatever we've never really talked about divorce at all and divorce is a real thing great divorce is a real thing so it's probably more common than i'm aware of within the group what's your words of wisdom, things to look out for, things that are different? Um, what should people be aware of, whether they're going through a divorce or think they may at some point to uh, to have on their radars? Mm. Well, I, I think that, like I, like I say, I think that they got to understand the tax ramifications 
of whatever the, the assets are they're dividing. So if you're, um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple stories sure. that kind of point to that. So I had a couple that was getting divorced and they had a lot of equity in their house. And the woman was trying to decide if she wanted to buy the guy out and she wanted to stay in the house and buy the guy out. Um, and I said to her, I said, you just need to understand, you need to understand that if you buy him out, if you guys sell the house today while you're married, because they had about 500000 in equity in the house, okay. your tax bill is zero. Okay. Because you got the first 500000 is written off. Yep. But if one of you buy the other out and next year you decide to sell the house, your tax bill is 50 grand. And so you really need, because now you're single and you're selling the house and your write-off is only 250. 250. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's just something that needs, you, you need to know those things when you're trying to figure out, because usually the house, the marital house is the biggest asset that most people have. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to understand, you know, if one person buys the other out and then they decide they're going to sell it. Then they've got, because of their salaries, they have both were pretty high paying salaries. Her, her tax bill would be probably 50 grand. And she would say, Oh, I should have done it last year when the, my tax bill would have been zero Yeah, because I was still married. So that's just one example. This is that's a fairly common example that could happen. The next example I'm going to give you is not so commonplace, but it happened. Okay. So this client was living in Texas and her husband was living in California. Okay. And she wanted to know where she should get divorced because Texas doesn't have alimony, but California does. And she'd been married 30 years. Well, I didn't, I couldn't find anybody. I, I couldn't find anybody who practiced in both states. And I now realize now why I couldn't, because those two states don't have reciprocity with any other state. You have to take, you have to pass the bar in Texas and you have to pass the bar in California. And a lot of states will just, if you pass the bar in one of those states, will will allow you to practice. But Got it. Not, not those true. two. <laughs> not those two. So I, I called um, a, a pretty high-priced high, high attorney in Beverly Hills. And I told him my situation because my client wants to know where she should file for divorce. And he said something to me that actually saved her a lot of money. Well, a, a very unique aspect of this relationship is that she had not seen her husband in 10 years. Okay. She'd been married okay. for 30 years and she was going after half his pension, but she hadn't seen him for 10 years in California. And this is unique to California. The marriage ends when you stop having marital relationship. So she would have mm. lost 10 years or a third of what she was going after the pension if she would have filed in California. So wow. I told her to go ahead and file in Texas. And um, she did. And he did the same week. They hadn't seen each other in 10 years and they both filed for divorce the same week. Fortunately, she filed first. So he, they had to get divorced in Texas. Why does that matter? Who files first is where the, the jurisdiction is? Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know that. 
In a, yeah, in a case in a case like that, whoever filed first takes precedence. So they ended up having to get divorced in Texas, and and they tried to pull that California law, but they couldn't. So I guess had the husband known and he he got to it preemptively, he could have filed first. He could have filed California. He could have filed. He filed in California, and if his would have been first, she would not have been entitled to a third of what she was. Oh, got okay. So he did file in California, but she she beat him to it. So her mm-hmm. filing. Okay, got it. Oh wow. And they had to have the divorce here. That the divorce had to be here because huh. she filed first. So I mean, that's a pretty unique situation. But when it comes to pensions, when it comes to you know any asset that's got that's going to be sold, and there's capital gains. I mean, those are all important and, and, and obviously stock options. Those yeah. things require a lot of tax and, 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 and financial analysis. Right. The, other th- the other thing that, that can uh, file that you need to file financial down, sometimes somebody thinks that money is being hidden. And so. Okay. I'm sorry. What, what do you do if you expect money's being hidden? Well, I mean, sometimes they, you know, that, Technically, that has to come out or should yeah. come out during the discovery process or the, during the divorce process. Um, and if you find out if some, there was assets hidden after the divorce, you can go back. You can go back. Okay, got it. That's maybe a silly question, but um, if, if both spouses live in the same state or domicile the same state, then you have to file in that state, right? You can't randomly choose some other state? Well, you can. <laughs> I oh. It's funny that 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 you asked that question because I once told a client uh, or a potential client, if you really want to do that, you better move out of Texas because in Texas that's not going to fly. Well, she she wanted to go after her 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 husband for gambling debts, and I said, okay. well, you know, in Texas that's not going to fly. There might be some other state you can move to, but generally you have to have lived in that other state for at least six months before you could do file for. You know, and so different states have different laws around that. Got it. But you would have to physically move to another state and live there for a number of, of months, whatever the state required, if you were going to file in another Got state. It. So you can't just randomly choose another state. You for the can't fun of it just because... randomly choose another okay, state. Okay, right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. That was part one of my previously recorded chat with Amy Colton from Your Divorce Made Simple down in Texas about financial planning and, and divorce. Man, there's some good stuff in there, huh? And, and not good in the sense that divorce is good, but let's face reality, divorce happens and it happens to approximately half of marriages, maybe slightly more. Um, and within those of you that are likely listening to this, you know, 50 plus crowd, 60 plus crowd, um, that statistic may be slightly higher, unfortunately. So while while not a uplifting, fun topic, it's, it's a really practical, good to know topic, uh, namely for those that are going through this, this, um, you know, stage of life that, that, that occurs for some folks. So I hope you found this, uh, helpful and informative and definitely come back next week, episode 55, the last episode of 2022 for part two of my previous chat with Amy Colton. Uh, as always, if you like this podcast and, uh, you learn from it, you'll definitely like my other content sources. My YouTube channel is retirement planning demystified. Facebook group is Taxes in Retirement, and monthly newsletter is Retirement Planning Insights. You can find links to all three of those in the notes of this episode. And Amy, if you want to uh, learn more about Amy, go to yourdivorcemadesimple.com. 
She's in Texas. I, I think she can work. I, I believe she mentioned in the video. I think she can work throughout the country with folks, uh, but she is based in, in Texas. And some of the divorce stuff is state specific. So um, she may not, uh, you know, she, I don't know if she knows all angles of all states because of divorce and how things are split, et cetera, do, do tend to differ by state, but definitely Texas and the other states in which she has experience and clients. She definitely is a great person to reach out to. Um, and finally, sorry, uh, reviews, feedback, likes. Anyway, if, if you like and appreciate this podcast, I'd be greatly happy and tickled pink if you would take some some moments to leave a glowing positive review. Uh, if you if you like this podcast, please definitely take the time to leave a little review in whatever podcast platform listening you use. If you don't like this podcast, please take the time to find a friend who does and ask him or her to leave a review. Just kidding. No, not really. I'm not kidding. Anyway, um, so that's it. hope you enjoyed my first part with Amy and come back next week for part two with uh, Financial Planning for Divorce with Amy Colton. See you next time. The information discussed in this podcast is only general explanations and education. It is not specific tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on anything you heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you. Thank you.